Good morning, everybody. Uh, Joe Gavallis here with the Safe Senior uh, Hour. Uh, again, Safe stands for seniors who uh, are abused and financially exploited, but it also could mean issues involving with seniors for their safety. Uh, I hope everybody's in a holiday mood and getting ready for a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year or whatever holiday you celebrate. So um, I'm glad before the holidays we get this this chance to to chat. Uh, The first mention I want to do, I was looking at the Wall Street Journal, and we talk about and where everybody's concerned about uh, stolen identities. Why do people steal them? I mean, obviously to use them in some bad way, but... But how do people get my, my uh, uh, identity, information? And, you know, I, I speak to, I've spoken to over a 1,000 seniors and, and, and tell them that it's nothing they do wrong. It's something that, you know, you might have <coughs> gone into a department store, a restaurant, or some friend and filled out a, uh, a questionnaire or you're going to win a local prize or whatever. Well, that information of your name, address, probably you put your telephone number, that's all maintained. And then, of course, there are people that just look at the uh, – go through the Internet or go through um, devious methods to get, to get anybody's list. I mean, I'm sure we hear all the time about identities that are, that are stolen from um, various companies or, or entities. I mean, even the government had a had, excuse me intrusions. So, but the the question was, well, why me? Well, it's not necessarily you. Why they chose you is that your name and ID is in the middle of some big batch of documents that they got, which they then sell on the dark web. That's a web that 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 most people never see or know how to get into. And and I had somebody tell me once. <laughs> You don't want to get into it. It's just a, it's just on the dark side of the web, uh, meaning all sorts of transactions and things take place. And be thankful. I'm sure our uh, our our government is monitoring it, but as are a lot of private companies, just to try to help protect the the the, the citizens who just want to live a good life. But but the answer or, or the question was, well, what do they do with all this information? How do they get it? What do they do with it? And, and and how does it go from one person to another? Well, you tell everybody it's sold on the dark web. And there was an article in the Wall Street Journal. Um, it was written by Robert McMillan. And he had a chart. And the chart was the Stolen Data Bazaar. And this is what, on the black market and the dark side, what IDs, the cost they're they're being the price they're being sold for the cost somebody in the illegal world will pay for this and the first one they break out is that they'll pay five cents for the social security number of a random person so they'll come in a request and say send me a hundred a thousand a hundred thousand social security numbers well that will cost five five cents I mean, you got to remember, we're dealing with a business, and the business is 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 selling illegally or uh, or data that that people haven't released to be put out into the uh, the uh, fraudsters' world. Uh, the next one 
if they call, if they say, well, I need a specific Social Security number of um, ABC who lives in uh, Abilene, Kansas, that costs you $3. Now, if you want the medical records of uh, some individual, so you know whether you want to steer in on, on pulling some kind of a doctor scam or drug scam or a medical scam, that costs you $5. Well, you really get into the financial scams according to this article and and uh, the um, uh, breakdown is pretty specific, is $7 to $11 for a U.S. credit card number. Well, um, that's, a, that's a lot of money, but look what you can do if you have somebody's credit card number. But, of course, we say there are a lot of safeguards with it. And so if you want the full credit information on an individual, including the credit card and personal information, you know how people call you and try to, you know, and they give you, um, uh, or online they call and say, "What's we're going to ask you security questions and things like that. Well, to have a full credit card and personal information, that's $24 a person. So, again, these are estimates. What people have reviewed the, um, uh, the, the dark web and what they found, what, what's, what the costs people are willing to pay. Now, when you really want to get into really being a, a, a true scammer, you want to get a bank account user's name and password um, with a balance of 2000 to 6000 That's how specific this gets in terms of people selling um, information. That's roughly around $270. Again, this is coming from the Wall Street Journal, and, and it just gives you an idea of the lucrative business, um, what's on the, on the dark side of selling these. Um, but the big the big account is if you want a bank account under ABC's name and the password that you need and a balance over $16,000 means you're really getting ready to clean them out or potentially that is uh, $1,100 so people willing to spend $1,100 or thereabouts according to this Wall Street Journal article, to get a specific bank account, username, and password with a balance 16000 worth. Could you imagine if all of a sudden that happened and it happened to your account, you had more than 16000 and all of a sudden money is depleted? So if you see any information that you think purchases, withdrawals that shouldn't take place, notify Obviously, your bank or your credit card company, but notify your uh, local law enforcement officials. And this is going on all over the world, not just uh, not just here in, the, in Georgia or the United States. So it's something to think about. Um, but you know, as you look at the number of of identification information that's been, you know, should we say? has been swiped in one of these breaches, not everybody's name is going to be used or attempted to be a victim. It's the batches of these names are so huge 
that the chances that your name, unless somebody wants to target you, as I set up here a specific name or account, well, they'll pay more, um, you know, you're just going to be one of many and you have to take care of it. And that's why people, especially with seniors who are living in their homes and are having a good, um, are very happy where they are, uh, and probably doesn't have any need for credit, that you should contact your the three main credit bureaus and freeze your credit. We tell people all the time when we speak to seniors that you can freeze your credit, but then you can always unfreeze it if you have that, that one-time area you want your credit exposed. Otherwise, your credit, uh, um, when the people go to open up a phony account or um, try to get access or information about you, it's frozen. That it can't it can't be released, and that is a very good safeguard. And it hit really home to me. Um, in one of the counties, we t- we had a, we we've constantly have instances of people driving around stealing mail, and I'm sure you've heard all about that. Well, there were two seniors um, <clears throat> I can think of put mail in the mailbox with the flag up. Everybody puts the flag up. Well, that tells the mailman there's there's mail to pick up, but it also tells people circling the block with evil motive that hey, there's something in here. And on two occasions, the the seniors put mail to be um, in their mailbox <clears throat> uh, by the side of the road. Somebody took it, and in that mailing was checks to. One was to a yard man for their second home. Another one was to purchase um, some <clears throat> magazines. Well, what these these crooks do, they get that. Now they have a check made out to XYZ. Well, there's, there's a software you can buy, which they call Wash the Check, and removes the dollar amount and who's it to. And... Um, they then enter in whatever name they want because if you look at that, if you take out the dollar amount and you take out who's a two, you still got a check with a valid uh, banking code and a valid signature. So then they cash it, and usually in, in the cases that I'm familiar with, they then took that check and um, went to a bank Posing as somebody as as this person opening a new bank account, there were two accounts, and um, so basically they stole somebody else's check, stole their money, opened a bank account. Well, so if you open a bank account, let's say in these cases they were like twenty five hundred or two thousand. What do our banks do? Thank you very much for being a customer. Would you like a debit card? Would you like a credit card sent? And so. They give them. They give them the uh, the um, the information, and so now they have access without ever putting the dime out, other than use the software. They, uh, I'll interject here, Joe, that uh, they did that with my wife, and uh, wow, ran up you know like ten, fifteen thousand, something like that, and uh, Bank America was fantastic. They didn't charge her a dime, and. Uh, the merchants that were stupid enough that never asked for an ID on a check, and they, uh, you know, they bought merchandise, they bought stuff all over the place, and uh, and they do it quickly. I mean, I mean, and and um, 
when we get in, we have a little more time. We'll go in on the next break. We'll go and tell you what the some of the latest scammers are, but if uh, concerning this issue with the mail, because you know many many people, um, you know, are have just used to putting mail in and letting the carrier pick it up, trusting. And it's changed, and unfortunately, um, we just have to change with it, and it's hard to change. The um, For a lot of us, it's hard enough to get down to the mailbox and back up again, you know. And uh, you trust that, oh, it's illegal for you to take anything out of my mailbox. It's illegal for you if you're not the postman or me, and you assume everybody thinks the same way that you do. Right. You know, people say, well, it's a federal crime. Well... You know, we have people stealing hundreds of millions of dollars, and uh, the, and you have somebody steal a check for $200. So you'll see the federal postal authorities, who, by the way, are great to work with, and hopefully after the first of the year we'll have a postal inspector come on and go through some of the scams they see and how to, how to handle the reporting of this. But, you know, they work hand-in-hand hand with your local law enforcement to try to stop this type of uh, theft and, and problems. So with that, we'll take a break, and when you come back, I'll go into some other situations about some mail issues. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Happy Oregon homeownership is the result of a good working relationship between the home buyer and their realtor. Make buying your Oregon home a fun and rewarding experience. Get our free guide to Happy Oregon homeownership. Act now. Limited availability. Free at realoregonhomes.com. That's realoregonhomes.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, welcome back. In the, in the last segment, <clears throat> we were uh, speaking about uh, some situations where people had mail um, taken uh, in, in their mailbox or they, they were sending mail out and people then took the mail and um, 
used um, the software now. I mean, the, the the internet internet world has changed a lot of things, and um, and it certainly changed how how criminals. And again, these people go basically. Um, uh, I talk to the police. They talk about they're like night riders. They ride. If you don't pick up your mail and you leave it in your mailbox, they go through in the middle of the night and, um, and try to see what was left in there. Of course, they're looking for credit cards, checks, on, on incoming mail, or anything they can use to help in their identity, credit card bills, things like that, that they can use and then try to parlay. And most time they get it and then give it to another, um, it, it's an organized group. They'll Somebody will collect the mail, somebody will go through it, and other people will then create the new accounts. Uh, the, some of the issues that we saw with the mail that was very, very uh, significant, which I was unaware of, you know, we all go on vacation, and everybody says, you know, uh, unless you have a neighbor pick up your mail, uh, a lot of people say, well, just have the post office hold your mail. Makes sense. You're gone for a week or two weeks, come back, and the post office will hold it. Well, unfortunately, in, the, in, in what appears to me with the Congress of the United States are trying to make it easier and the post office more friendly, they've allowed or set up a system, um, okayed the postal or tentatively okayed it, where you can go online and you put your address in and say, hold my mail. Well, if I can do it, we don't have codes with the post office. If I do it, you know, the uh, the uh, the bad guys do it. And so all of a sudden you're at home and you don't get mail one day. Well, you think the carrier got late or missed it. Or well, did I miss a federal holiday? Look how many times that you ask, where's our mail? And then you find out it was some federal holiday that very few people, um, having been a former federal employee, I, I agree there are some holidays that, that other people never really um, uh, celebrated in terms of letting people off. So you get wondering, well, after the second or third day, you wonder where your mail is. Well, what has happened and actually happened in cases here that I'm familiar with, somebody called posing as an individual and said, hold my mail. Well, why would they do that? Well, I talked about night riders that go through, right? And they're trying to look for mail that's there. Well, if you get the post office to hold your mail, all the mail for four days are held at the post office. And if you had your mail held, you can, you know, when you come back on vacation, if it's a lot of mail, they give you a box and there's all your mail. Well, and you have to give an, you know, how long you want to hold your mail. A week, two weeks, whatever, whatever your trip is. Well, the, uh, the fraudsters and the scammers, they call in and say it'll be a week. But they'll come in after two or three days because they know you're getting suspicious that you don't have your mail, and you're going to call the post office maybe on second or third day. So they come in with a phony ID and say, because that's what the post office asks, let me have an ID. Well, I'm Mrs. ABC, and you have an address. You can, people make IDs up all the time, especially if you have that kind of criminal mindset. And they walk in, and, yeah, there's a camera. You have a picture of somebody presenting an ID, and the post office, who just collected all the mail, turns it over to them. Well, now, they have mail for three days, and they sort it, and they throw away the other stuff they don't want and take out the valuable pieces. So the suggestion that comes after discussing with law enforcement and post office 
If you suspect your mail's not there after one day, call and call to your post office and make sure your mail's not being held. Which that's easier said than done. Just calling the post office. You almost have to go in. I had a situation Oh, okay. I had a situation where my neighbor sold his house. Uh, he was with uh, an airline. Sold his house, moved to uh, Park City, Utah. Right. And, um, you know, a couple of days after they had moved, well, I didn't get mail. A few more days after they moved, I didn't get mail. So I just went next door and checked their mailbox, and there was a ton of mail to him or to he and his wife. Right. So I called the postal inspector here and said, what's going on, you know? And, well, that's impossible. That was the wrong thing to say to me. I said, well, you come out and you check his mailbox. And then, so I called him in Park City, and he said, oh, yeah, for some reason we've been getting all your mail. And they sent it back to me. And uh, I said, well, your mail's all sitting in your mailbox. And when he had filled out the form that we're moving forward to this address, it got lost in the shuffle or something. Well, you got to remember how many workers are in the postal system. There are errors and stuff, but you can call your local post office, and or as you say, go in is better yeah. and say, I don't have mail. But some people aren't mobile and can't go in. And actually, the postal system, and I didn't know this, and I don't know all the requirements, and when we get the postal inspector here, he can address it, that on occasion, if you are a house, you know, you can't, you're not mobile enough to go out and get your mail. And under certain circumstances, and I, I'll be honest, I don't know what they are. They're probably listed. That they will have your carrier come in and deliver it to your door. That's the way I grew up. Was they, uh, they walked with their big sacks down a neighborhood. They'd come to your door. We had a slot in our next to our door that he had just dumped the stuff down, and it'd be right in our foyer. Well, say so you came from the big city of Lubbock, and yeah. uh, uh, when you're out in the rural area, my my mother was an assistant postmaster, mas, was postmaster back then, probably yeah. postmistress now, <laughs> in a very very small town. And I worked growing up. I helped a gentleman that was uh, that ran a contract star route, and he would pick up mail at one, at one railroad line and drop it off at another, uh, and in between he would deliver mail. In the car, and you see a lot of people. You see oh, a lot yeah. in a rural area. They're there. You have rural rural carriers, and this back then it was a star route. I don't even know if they do it anymore. But we we talked about that and um, with the postal people, and they said, well, obviously you come up with you can get a mailbox that locks. You know, so we had that, and and it worked for a while. Then apparently they go through, and if it's locked, they think something's worthwhile. So they um, punched the lock. Locks aren't, you know, these aren't locks for like a vault in the bank or for your house. So you got to remember that because that, that, but it's better than nothing. But more, but what's been the latest uh, anti-theft or, or or making you aware of a potential theft is a sensor you can buy. It's not very expensive to put in your mailbox. So when that mailbox opens, a light or a bell or whatever, I think it's a bell or a sound, buzzer goes off in your house. So it should only go off once when the post office is there. So you know, and that helps you actually if you live away. I live a long way from my mailbox. 
let you know the mail's been delivered, go out and get the mail. But it also lets you know when somebody's in your mailbox at, you know, 10 o'clock at night or 6 in the morning where you can then call the police and say, I just had an alarm. Because animals don't pull it open. you got to actually pull it open. So it's not like, well, animals cause it. That doesn't happen. But you can look at it. You can go to your uh, stores, look online. It's a alarm for your mailbox that, that lets you know. And, and people claim that it really helps them because they don't have to worry about, did the mail come yet? Did the mail come yet? So on the, on the good side, they know it's there, and they can go out and get it. And uh, especially in some of these areas like where I live, it's very hilly to walk up and down to get it. Well, you don't want to make five trips. Uh, yeah, you could take the car out, but um, uh, this is just another good device to pay attention and, and 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 help. And if you have any questions, go online, look at the look at the U.S. Postal Service, or talk to your postmaster. Again, the postal inspectors—they're a great organization. When I was a, a federal agent, I worked with them all the time. But they're not that many. They're, they're, they, they, they do a heck of a job, and you can imagine all the mail theft and mail fraud, and now the scams that are taking place, that they're, they're, they're very uh, um, important in the fight against uh, the scams against the elderly or against scams against anybody. Um, I do know that the inspectors are, are, uh, do work very closely with local law enforcement, and uh, especially when you have delivery of drugs and things like that through the mail, well, they'll 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 uh, they'll help to fight that. You know, it's very easy to tell that you've got a credit card or a card in an envelope, and uh, I think banks have to share some of the responsibility. I, I get you've been approved, and here's your card, and all you have to do is activate it, and all this, and you know, most of them go through my shredder. But, uh, you know, it, it, like you said, a crook coming through there, he can activate it and go out and have a field day. Right. I think they're, they're starting, the, the, the banks have started to cut down on the, on the actual mailing of, the, of hard, uh, cards. They still do it, but nothing to the extent like five years ago or ten years ago. It was, you'd get one almost every, at least every week. It'd be a new card with a card. Just call this number and activate it. Uh, but... You know, times are changing, and it's a new uh, it's a new world out there with the internet, and uh, and people know basically they just drive through and say who who will be a better mark because they'll look if they have the, there's mail left in your mailbox at night, they figure they'll they'll come back because they figure if you if you don't pick up your mail till nine or ten o'clock at night, I'm going to come back at six or seven. On one of the cases, the the uh, individuals put up cameras, and so we could see, and gave it to the police, and made and police worked with the postal inspectors, and made an arrest, and found out it was a a mini kind of gang that was hitting here in the um, North Georgia area, and these are the people that were stealing and then opening bank accounts, and um, you know. I had. I remember we had a. We went to a meeting in the neighborhood and trying to tell people, which is good. All these things that I've just told you, you know, if you think there's a problem, go to the post office, call the post office, put in put a new mailbox in with a lock, or put a um, the one with the sensor. And we're talking, and and I remember an, an, an elderly woman asked me, and the postal inspectors, uh, 
Well, you say all these people are driving at night and they go and they go and create these bank accounts. What is their real job? And and remember, we the inspector and I looked at each other. They're thieves. They're crooks. That's their job. They have nothing else to do. So it's a it's 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 interesting and and so just be aware. We don't want you to be a victim. And so if it's important to mail, try to drop it off in a in a postal uh, receptacle somewhere. Uh, we are going to um, in our next section. We're going to to cover. Like we have three areas that this happened uh, conversations over the weekend uh, that I had with people because it's the holidays and they were asking me knowing I, I do the show and that I am an advocate to help fight elder abuse. We'll talk about it in the next session uh, coming up. So we'll be back. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. This is Peter Wallace, inviting you to listen every Sunday morning to Day One with inspiring preachers from America's mainline churches on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Uh, and uh, we're back, and uh, we have our... Uh, our as we say, our go-to uh, gentleman that, that's really been very helpful and a leader in fighting elder abuse, and he was on last week, Chief Dan Flynn, um, Chief of Marietta Police Department, used to work, uh, used to be the chief in Savannah, and used to work for, well, I don't know how many years in Miami, Dade County. So he's got a good flavor of law enforcement and, and issues throughout. Welcome, uh, Dan, and, uh, and again, happy holidays to you. Good. Happy holidays. Good morning. It's good to be here. Uh, I, he uh, Dan was kind enough. I called him today, um, and and raised three issues that people or two issues, and then he raised a very good issue, and we're going to have a, a discussion about it. Uh, of issues, two issues that people talked to me about over the weekend. It's holidays. Relatives are here. Uh, people are going to people's houses to their mothers or grandparents' house. And there, and there were two issues that came up, 
and um, we're going to we'll talk about them in, in, in general, but we'll just let you know, and I'll let you know where to go to get your specifics. But the, 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 uh, the three issues are, one, elders, um, driving, and how do you, at the point, how do you get our help to convince the elders that they shouldn't be driving because of they're driving erratically, the number of accidents or, or whatever. And, and Chief, uh, I know you've, uh, you've, you've encountered this. If we could get your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, um, the cases, uh, and we've had several uh, cases here in, in uh, Marietta and Metro Atlanta, where we often get people will come to us, come to the police and say, our elderly mom or elderly dad uh, is driving and they are, are starting to have uh, accidents, fortunately up to now, just minor accidents, but uh, they've reached the age where their eyesight, uh, their hearing, their reflexes are uh, to the point where they, they, they're not safely driving anymore. We want them to stop driving. It's difficult because they resist it uh, to, to the elderly person Losing their car and losing their keys means losing uh, a lot of their independence, and they resist it. They feel like, uh, you know, they'll be more careful, they'll only drive during the daytime, or they'll, uh, you know, they'll, they'll uh, drive extra slow, that sort of thing. But the fact is that, you know, their faculties have gotten to the point to where it's not safe for them to be driving, but they're resisting anyone, you know, and usually it's their kids or grandkids that are trying to get them to stop. So the um, advice that we always give is that there is a uh, procedure in Georgia's uh, motor vehicle laws, and I think other states have the same thing, that um, if they've tried and they can't get the person to stop voluntarily, they can apply to uh, fill out a simple application to, uh, to the state. And the state will require that the elderly person uh, get retested, that they go through the testing process uh, all over again, and, uh, you know, including the uh, road test, and if they don't pass, the state will uh, revoke their driving privileges, and uh, you know, most, most, of this, most of the time it works when that happens, because, you know, people in that age group are, are generally uh, law-abiding, they comply with the laws, if the state says they can't drive anymore, then they, they stop driving. Right. I, I looked at it, and the state of Georgia has a very active program, and um, they note there are over a million drivers over the age of 65 in Georgia, uh, and more than 760,000 are 70 or older. And it's a hard time. It's a hard thing to approach to your parents or your grandparents. Uh, but the state makes a point that uh, – if a relative, I'm just reading from the motor vehicle thing, Chief. If a relative court, law enforcement officer, judge, doctor, or citizen has a concern about the diminishing driving ability of a license holder, they may request that the uh, Department of Driver Services review the situation, and they can be made in the way of a form, or you can write a letter. And I think that's pretty fair. And I checked several states, as the Chief said. I checked Kansas, and I checked Washington, and, and – uh, uh, there are procedures in every state, so it's a hard situation, but this is one time where the where the states can help you address it, because the last thing we want is any of our seniors to be uh, hurt or hurt somebody else. 
I think that covers it on that, don't you, Chief? I think some of the things sure, to, I mean, to look it's, at. It's a, it's a difficult thing. It's difficult for families when all of a sudden younger people, uh, children and grandchildren of someone. Right. Um, well, the the next issue, um, the Chief and I talked the about. The roles are reversed. It's very difficult, but it's, it's good to know that the uh, – the state recognizes that and is willing to help. Well, that was one topic I had at a at, at a at a holiday get together, and then the second topic, and I know the chief, and through his experience, has been uh, 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 has faced this this situation. Was when and and I and I can just uh, just remember at another get together. They were saying, you know, what do you do when a relative, like a niece, nephew, uh, grandchild, kind of forces their way into their grandmother or grand, or their, in some cases the parent, and say, let me just stay in the basement for a while, and then all of a sudden they suspect something's going on in the basement because they don't walk up and down the seniors and check on them. They didn't want to intrude. But what do they do, and, and how serious is this? if they suspect some kind of activity, primarily drug activity, going on. Uh, Chief, if you could uh, can give us your thoughts on that, please. Sure. Well, the cases I've seen, you know, I think it's, it's uh, unfortunate but a real, a real problem. The cases I've seen, generally the uh, grandparents or parents, whoever the elderly people are, you know, they'll see. First, they'll smell marijuana being smoked in their house. You know, it's hard to avoid that. And then they'll usually see... You know, the uh, younger person coming and going at all hours, very often they will have friends that, uh, you know, look seedy and look the part. You know, elderly people uh, generally are, are, are not dumb. You know, they, they know what their eyes uh, see, and they'll see that there's uh, drug activity going on. So when that happens and they try to get them out, that's when the situation very often worsens. Uh, you know, I heard of one case where, you know, they kept uh, telling their uh, their nephew to leave and, and telling him to leave. He refused to leave. He kept coming back in. They started locking up the house. He started breaking in, basically just to come in and sleep. Uh, and then finally, uh, they, they really uh, locked the house up really hard just to keep him out. Uh, he came and broke in, and uh, the one case that I'm, well familiar with, uh, came in with a gun and actually committed an arm robbery on his grandparents. He was that desperate to get money for drugs. You know, one of the things to know when uh, someone in your home, uh, the drugs by themselves, you know, really uh, are not violent, but there is always violence associated with people that are drug users and drug sellers. There's always always violence, you know. Eventually, they get very desperate, and there'll be violence, desperate to get money to buy more drugs, or they get into disputes with people selling drugs, or they start stealing things in one way or another, or they're just under the influence of drugs, they get out of control. So violence is never far from drug dealing and, and drug using, 
and um, that's why it is important to get them out of the house. Uh, certainly, the ideal situation is to get them help, but uh, some are very resistant of getting help. But you know, the first thing you have to do is get them out of the enabling environment of giving them a place to stay. Yeah, I, I think that that seniors are very uh, can be intimidated very easily, especially if they have some kind of ailment or they're kind of restricted of their movements. And and these and these people know it. And and this what, what the chief talked about obviously is not very uh, uh, it's not it's not unusual. It happens all over. And uh, and and he his department was very successful in one of the cases and helping the people. I think I think you mentioned chief in, in one of them. I don't remember whether it was he or one of the cases. It was so bad. An elderly person, I think in his eighties had to go out and buy a gun for the first time to, to, to protect himself against his grandkids. That's how scared he was. But yet they wouldn't call police and or confide in somebody, their their minister, their pastor, a close friend, a relative they trust, because that's how you get help. And, and it, it might take the police coming. But as the chief said, you try to get help for these people in other ways. Is, is that a fair representation, chief? Sure, it certainly is, and you know, think of the pattern. When we see some person, someone, get involved with abusing drugs, with abusing illicit drugs, you know, as we see so much now with the opioid crisis mm-hmm. and now the growing methamphetamine crisis. Usually, by the time they have no place else to stay, they have burned bridges with their <laughs> friends, they have stolen from many of the people they know. Sometimes their parents and friends and co-workers and employees, and, and they've burned relationships, they've lost jobs, they've lost, uh, you know, all of the all of the good things and the rich things in life um, are gone, and that's why they're seeking sanctuary in the elderly person's house. But, uh, you know, elderly people are, are rarely equipped to deal with someone who's got a drug habit. Right. I, I, uh, um, I remember a, a, a case that came up. I think we're all familiar around the country with Meals on Wheels. It's a great program, and especially for people who who, who has who, who look forward to the Meals on Wheels. Well, there was an instance um, where again a nephew came in allegedly to be the caretaker and lived downstairs in a basement apartment, and the uh, the the senior was basically confined to his room. Um, almost bedridden, but really looked forward to the meals. And the meals on Meals on Wheels, they could come every day, but usually they come for like 10 days and you put them in the refrigerator. <clears throat> well, it turns out the nephew would take and feed all his drug friends Meals on Wheels and just feed like bologna sandwiches and peanut butter and jelly and stuff to, to the owner of the house, his, his relative, because he knew the relative could never go downstairs and what could he say? And it, that was just a horrible situation, again, where people taking advantage uh, of the seniors. Um, but that's just that's just one case here. Um, we have – I have one other point. I was looking over, David, do we have time, or do you want to go to the next session? Uh, let's go ahead and take a break. And we'll oh, okay. Th- we'll be back, and uh, we'll see whether Dan's able to stay on for one last question about uh, about people stealing things – during Christmas, particularly right off your property. 
So 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, we're back for our last segment, and, and we're fortunate enough that Chief Flynn was able to stay on for, for a very uh, appropriate discussion. As you know, many seniors and, and uh, uh, um, received their normal medication and, uh, through, uh, through the mail or through delivery services that dropped at your door. That's not uncommon these days. And, of course, it's the holidays, and we've got Christmas gifts and things being delivered to our home. With that brings out a new crime. Uh, Chief, would you want to address that? Well, yes, uh, Joe, that's the, the crime of, of uh, generally what um, they've come to, to talk about throughout Metro Atlanta, what they call porch pirates, and that are people that just go through neighborhoods, and when they see parcels and packages on someone's front doorstep, just going up and... and uh, and stealing them and taking them and taking them with along with whatever else is in them. Sometimes, yeah, it is drugs. And um, it, it's a, uh, a really uh, serious problem because people are buying so much online these days and uh, they're buying so many different things and having things delivered to them. So uh, I remember one day last week I turned on the news in the morning and saw throughout Metro Atlanta the top four stories were places where people uh, had cameras on the front of their house, and they showed you pictures of, uh, uh, of people coming up and grabbing packages and taking off. They had good pictures of them, you know, and the thing to know about cameras is they rarely prevent much crime. You know, they help us solve it uh, once it occurs, but uh, they don't prevent any crime. And what we are... The police are always out to what can we do to prevent crime. We're, we're doing a better service to the public. We prevent the crime from occurring even even better than do a brilliant job of solving the crime. So, um, you know, even though we have them on film, that that's not usually the end of the story. But the good news um, on this one is this, uh, and that is doing, and uh, I've done this myself, and maybe not everyone can afford but, you know, most shopping centers these days, and not far from everyone's house, um, there's a place that has uh, post office boxes. 
And for about $20 a month, which is, is what I pay, about $20 a month, they will give you a, 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 a mailbox with, a, with an address that usually sounds like a physical address at, uh, with a suite number, and the suite number is the mailbox. And so you can use that as your delivery address. So if you order something online or even a recurring delivery like, uh, like prescription drugs or something, you give them that address, and it goes there, even though the boxes are tiny, you know, if, if a parcel arrives at that address, they give you there's just a slip of paper in, in the uh, box that says you have, a, you have a parcel. And some of them, like the one I use, they, they uh, even send you an email if you want and tell you when you have a package there. And you go pick it up. I mean, most of the things that arrive are not so emergency that, you know, you, you, if they're closed on the weekend, you can't wait until Monday through Friday. And, um, you know, the stuff is safe and safe and dry and away from everything. There is nothing on your porch telling people uh, that you're getting a package. And, um, you know, you just go and, and pick it up. And, uh, you know, it just seems like a... Uh, a really good um, service, and it's a way to prevent the crime of having having your purchases uh, stolen right off your porch. Well, I know, uh, Chief, I, th- I think that most of these are happening during the daylight hours when people, they think they're working, so they'll just walk up on the porch. The photographs I've seen are pretty clear, but, you know, how does that help? You know, you, you, you as you say, it helps you solve it, but it didn't stop them because these people are now looking right into the cameras, and um, it's a uh, uh, it's an issue, and especially um, when they're working in neighborhoods. I, I'll have to say that uh, um, Chief Flynn's department is 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 one of the best examples in the state of Georgia for truly community policing. And so, the more people we can be aware of, make aware of the situation, the better it is. Education awareness is is, is important. Doesn't mean you're going to stop it all, but it's better than, uh, than than keeping everybody's head in the sand. And and we certainly like to commend him for his department and, and what they do uh, on that issue. Uh, I do I do thank you here, Chief. You have any uh, other comments here, or I know yeah, I know you got to go to a meeting. Yeah. While we're on that topic, um, you may want to explain to the audience something you and I have discussed, and that is. Uh, some of the services that the uh, postal services offer for people that are concerned about their mail, and one of which is uh, informed delivery. I mean, they will send you uh, a notification of every piece of mail that goes to your house if you if you ask them to do it. So that sometimes you you don't get something, or you think it's been lost in the mail, and maybe it was stolen. Um, there's a, a simple way to deal with that. So, Joe, I know you. You probably uh, understand that more than I right. do. Uh, right. Well, so we're we're going to try to cover some of that. Uh, we already covered some of it, but thank you. I didn't cover the informed delivery. I think that's online. I, I told our listeners we're going to have a postal inspector on after the first of the year, where he can go into more details and what they uh, what they do. And I forgot the informed delivery is a is a great system and enable the uh, the receiver to see. What comes through is a lot of this mail and a lot of the packages on the top are scanned or who it's from. So you'll get an idea of what 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 you're what you should be getting and then what was missing. Because if you, what a common occurrence on these people, by the way, when they steal their mail, and I never you know I, I never dealt with that when I was an agent, but since we're out and we're working with the seniors, 
they'll take the they'll take the mail from one house, and about a mile away, they'll put it in the, uh, the the things they don't want, or two miles away, and they'll put it in somebody else's mailbox. Well, you say, why do they do that? Well, they don't want to get caught with any evidence, and they don't want to be throwing it on the road, so they have it. I I, I think the chief and I we talked about it. It's a you know the idea if they get stopped in a traffic stop, and so you know they go through, they go through you know they they don't have any evidence you know they just uh, sure. they've taken what they wanted you know again these are professionals and and they go through that so with you know chief I'll let you go it's uh, it's I know you got other meetings and I can't thank you enough on this time and and do want to wish you a merry Christmas and I know you and I will be talking during the week but. Uh, Again, thank you for your what what you do for uh, for the community, but uh, more importantly, to help the seniors um, fight and stop this elder abuse. So have a have a merry Christmas, thank and you. we'll be in touch. Thank you, Chief. Thank you. You have a merry Christmas as well. Thanks. Bye. So the uh, that was uh, very fortunate to have the chief uh, call in, and uh, the chief is uh, as I said, he's he's. He's always good to, to see the proper perspective because he puts it in because um, he sees it from all points of view, having worked a big major city and and being a chief of a couple areas. So, again, we always thank Chief Flynn for uh, calling in. Um, what I do want to talk about real quickly, again, is the uh, for the people who live in their homes a lot in the rural area or in the suburbs, of be leery of people driving through the neighborhoods, knocking on your doors, saying, um, "I'm just happened to be here, and uh, uh, we have extra product that we were doing a driveway down the road, and we can do your dri- driveway because you need it at a reduced price." Well, when these people knock on the door, it is our advice. From from people in the, in in the in this uh, pre- preventive uh, mode to tell you all, please do not let them in your house, especially if you're alone. Once you allow people in your house, it is awful hard to get them out. So speak through the door. Say, I don't want it. I don't want to talk to you. I don't know you. I don't you know. I don't need that work. And people say, well, why don't you just hide? Well, unfortunately, some of these people, this is a test. If, they don't, nobody, if nobody comes to the door, they'll just go around around the house and try to break in, figure nobody's home. So, But don't open the door, yell through the door, and say you don't need them. Be very polite and nice and let them go. Because once they're, in, once they're inside, it hurts you. So, you know, it's, uh, um, you don't want to be a hero. But the uh, the um, the asphalt scam is one roofing scam. I'm driving through your neighborhood, and I see that you need you need a new roof or your roof's a problem. We just had a uh, we I just had a law enforcement meeting this week, and we have a uh, the law enforcement people have a lookout for people um, uh, for this gentleman who has been apparently in the Tennessee Georgia area. His latest scam was right here where he went and scammed a, uh, a blind lady out of $2,500 telling her that, that he needed that she needed to repair her roof, convinced her, never did a thing, 
took her money and took off. So there's some warrants for him right now. And as we were saying, the law enforcement people, this is the holidays. You go up to to somebody who's blind, can't see, and you pull a scam like that. But when you look, apparently his record is a very extensive record. Um, so, but that was a door-to-door situation. And, and again, you know, just, just be careful. Uh, that those type of, as you know, we try to do a scam a week, and this is one of the better scams, and, uh, where it happens to a lot of people in rural areas or in suburbs where they have their own homes. And usually they like to go to people who aren't next door, very close, their neighbor isn't very close, to, uh, you know, they're not next door to somebody else. They're like out in a, they have maybe, you know, half acre or acre where they're like by themselves. And so it's not only, we, we've talked about the driveway scam, talked about the roofing scam. They also do the tree scam. And again, there are some very reputable tree people that are in the neighborhood and they're trying to get more business. I get it. But if you don't know them and you didn't call them, um, you know, play it safe. And uh, don't let them in your house. The, uh, you can also meet them with, uh, if you're into it, you can meet them with your telephone and take a picture of them. Right. The picture is great. And if you have that, the telephone, right now we say it's the telephone. I, I, I got into a big debate with somebody over the weekend, debate positive, that we use that word too, too, too narrowly. This is a computer in your hand. It's a, it's a camera in your hand. It's a telephone. Think of it all, and at what was it? somebody said that we have more information access in our little handheld phones than they had when they went to the moon. There's that much access, or there's some some ramification of that. So we're very fortunate that we have that uh, um, that we have that ability. So you know, with that, um, we're 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 going to wrap it up. Please, um, again, if you have any specific issues, talk to your own attorney. Call legal aid. Or, or call law, your law enforcement or, in some case, Adult Protective Services. Or if you want to write us, it's what, David, what's our email here? Just um, safe at americaswebradio.com. And that will get over to me, and I'll try to get it to the right professionals to help you. Let the professionals help you. And by all means, in this holiday, all you all, you all please be safe and sound. Take care of your loved ones. Celebrate. And, and I hope you all have a, a, a very uh, happy holiday. Merry Christmas. And then we'll uh, talk to you again in, in our Monday segments. So with that, um, will uh, David, we have any other comments or how are we sitting here? No. We need to go and get ready for the NSPS Hour with Kurt Sumner. Well, that's great. And uh, you all be safe and uh, Merry Christmas to all. <laughs>